want to do more than follow orders, think outside of the box, and manifest your dreams, then you've come to the right show. Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a gold star daughter, veteran spouse, and entrepreneur. For season seven, I am ecstatic to be in partnership with the Rosie Network to highlight motivational stories of personal growth, financial awareness, and autonomy in our military community. Now, let's get started. All right, hey everyone really excited. It's Thursday once again, which means that I am inviting you to step into my world here at US Bet Wealth with my husband and featuring someone else in our network who uh, we were very fortunate enough to work with for some time. And so let me just open up with a quote from this individual. They say, I wanted something different, but I didn't really know what. And you really don't know until you find it. So I get to have this conversation with my husband slash co-host slash business partner, Scott Tucker, for a two-part interview with our former colleague, Gary Redman. We have a chance to catch up with him in his transition journey since we first connected with him well over a year ago. Gary shares that he took a deliberate four-year approach to his transition rather than the typical 12 to 14 month planning advice. Gary reflects on his unorthodox approach to transition by cold messaging people on LinkedIn to learn about different careers, which is how I believe he reached out to us actually, getting a real estate license to now working part-time for a startup in LA. In closing the first part of this interview, Gary expresses how much he values autonomy and personal growth in future roles. And he touches on support from home as a key to taking career risks. Gary, it was such a pleasure having you on our show and, of course, working with us at the time that you did. We were so happy to, you know, check in with you one year later and see how well you're doing. And so with that said, I hope that you all enjoy part one of our interview with Gary Redman. Enjoy. Hi, welcome back to the Holding Down the Fort podcast with today's main host. I'm Scott Tucker. (laughs) Along with your regular co-host, my beautiful wife, Jen Amos. How are you doing, Jen? Hi. I'm really excited for you to take the reins for today because the majority of the season, I'm usually the co or the main host or uh, leading as the co-host. So um, you and Gary go uh, go back. So I'm just excited to listen in and, and ask questions when I have them. But the show is yours today. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, so don't mess we're... it up. <laughs> No, that's a good thing about editing, right? <laughs> Especially with this yeah. new AI tools. We can basically just, if you didn't know this, you can now have AI record your voice and you can type in, it sounds a little that's computery, crazy. but it's so it crazy. Is crazy. But no, we're actually going back about a year, year and a half almost mm-hmm. to kind of wow. rehash a little a little mini show that Gary and I did. So first, let's welcome our guest, Gary Redman, coming to us from downtown LA, apparently. Are you dry after the hurricane yeah, you guys had out there? Was, <laughs> that, uh, that real? It was an arduous day and a half, but we had an earthquake in the middle of a hurricane. So I was like, man, 
Oh my gosh, like everything had happened. A, had a 5.0 earthquake about 40 miles north of Thousand Oaks. So it was, uh, I was like, man, all we need is a, is a wildfire to have the trifecta of natural disasters on Sunday. So it, it was an eventful day, but we all survived and uh, the sun is back out in sunny California. So it's nice. All right. Well, good to hear California didn't have to suffer too much considering all that. So, you know, we know Jens grew up in California. That's where we met. So we, it's a special place in our heart. And uh, yeah, we wouldn't want I, to I do want to make bad, a comment about it good. because one of my friends texted me about Joshua Tree and yeah. how it was going to be shut down because of the flash floods and all the things. And, and, you know, living in the East Coast for the last handful of years, I'm just like... You know, it kind of makes me laugh to hear this stuff happening. And, and again, I'm coming from Cali, having lived there for 20 years and like knowing what real weather is like now in the East Coast. Like when I hear stuff like this, I'm like, ah, you guys are going to be fine. <laughs> well, I mean, we joke about that, too. I'm from Ohio, the Midwest. You, we went to school in New York. I mean, Gary, you went to school in Colorado. And then you hear about the you might probably have classmates from Florida. And it's like, well, you had an inch of rain. We shut down yeah, school yeah. for a week. And you know, coming out of your environment, you know, to caveat a little bit into today's discussion uh, is, um, you know, something that we wear on our sleeves a little bit about being in the military. Hey, we can adapt and overcome. And we can. We're actually really good at that. Yet, when it comes to getting out of the military, we tend to follow orders and say, well, the Navy is supposed to tell me how to get out of the military. Are the Navy supposed to show me my job? Are the Army supposed to hook me up with how I'm doing the right? They're not doing a good enough job for me. They need to work on their military transition assistance programs. And of course, they've done that for the last 20 years. And then more nonprofits have come. And yet you always hear the same horror stories. Boy, it's not even horror stories. It's guys who got out, got a job, and then usually say, well, it could have been better. It could have done this way. And in what doesn't happen very often is someone saying to themselves, maybe I shouldn't have followed that process at all. Maybe it wasn't the military's job to get me a job. It's the military's job to assign me to a duty to help win our nation's wars. But we know what we signed up for. We know where we're getting out at some point. So Gary, maybe you could just go back and rehash kind of how you found out about us and how you reached out. And then we kind of we can kind of talk about where we got started on and rehash a few things. And then we can ha- hear about what you're up to now, what that's really led to. But no real agenda, just you know, wanted to start you know, getting your thoughts on from the perspective of someone who's just like, yeah, maybe we'll go through some of those programs. Obviously, it's good information, but you're clearly putting yourself out there to go find your own path. So we're excited to hear about it. Yeah, thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. I will say, you know, the key word I will use is deliberate. Like everything I did to prepare for this was deliberate, right? Like I started searching in 2020 knowing that I was going to retire somewhere in the, the 2024 timeframe. So a four-year process, right? People say 12 months to, to 24 months. I say that's bogus uh, because of this, because I wandered around the space for two years and you met me during a phase of my life where I was wondering and trying to find that focus. And I, I think that's what a lot of people miss. They go through a transition and they get a job, but yet they still lack focus and clarity of what they want in their life. I've spent probably two years trying to do that. And, and it's getting better and better. It's not complete. And I think you ask any entrepreneur and that fo- that is never complete. It's mm-hmm. focused for a phase of time. Like you need to be focused for a five to 10 year time frame, and then on to the next thing. I think if you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, you'll get that. And, and I, you know, I spent late 2020, I just started hopping on LinkedIn and talking to people about what they did in their day job. I would spend 
you know, almost like cold calling really is I would, I would just reach out and say, Hey, what is your day-to-day life like? Cause I didn't, you know, when I was 18, I went to the air force Academy and the military was all I knew. I knew at some point I wanted something different, but I didn't really know what that was. And I, and you don't really know until you find it. Like, it's not really one of these things where like, I'm going to go. And that's what I think a lot of these transition programs lack is like, they ask you like, what do you want to do? You know? And it's like, well, where do I need to focus my energy to help you find this job? And you don't have any idea. It's like you went to college again. It's like you're a college student wondering out what I didn't want to do with my life. I've been told for 18 to 20 years, what I'm supposed to like, what I'm supposed to, you know, where, what I'm supposed to do. And and now you're going to say like, well, the world is yours. You can do whatever you want. And it just doesn't work that way. You have to put a lot of work to the point of a full-time job to be able to figure out that transition. So when we met in 2021, I'd got a real estate license and I'd started selling real estate. And that was kind of my first like, hey, let me dip my toe into the civilian workforce and figure out how some of this stuff works. I had some successes. I had some failures with that. And then I still do that part time. But I found out like that wasn't really what I wanted to do as a full time job. And it led me to, you know, this is 2023 and I now work for a a systems engineering startup in LA part time when I have the opportunity, whether I'm taking leave or whether I'm doing it at night, doing some sales, business development, product development for them. But it took me three years to get to that point to figure out like, hey, I working with a team I like, it's a small team. I have, you know, autonomy within the team to be able to like make decisions. The CEO actually you know, values my opinion. And I've gotten to a point where I was like, yes, that's kind of what I'm looking for if that helps. And again, my transition is not even complete. I'll caveat that of the transition programs, right? I've I've done a lot of them. I've done the Tuck Next Step program. I just got accepted to Stanford Ignite. Like I've done the Commit Foundation. I'm doing a workshop wow. through the Commit in the Bay Area in two weeks. You cannot just do one of them. And through all of these processes and things I've done, a defense ventures program, people are looking to this as their one savior. They're going to do this one transition program and that's going to figure out their life or they're going to go through TAPS class and that's going to give them all the information they need. It is holistically like you can take you can take small snippets of each one of those things to put together to figure out what you really kind of want for your life and where you want to be. But you can't it's not a one stop shop from the transition point. Like you, you can't just be reliant on this one thing. Yeah, I always think about it, or at least when we're talking about, you know, U.S. Vet Wealth, we're a financial based company, and that's what I stumbled into. And I got out of the military and I was, you know, trying to find my path. But ultimately, once I realized, okay, I'm in this realm of entrepreneurship, and I honestly don't even like yeah. using that word because it seems so grandiose. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. just self employment. Yeah. Or it's just controlling the source of your income. So, whether I'm starting a business, I'm washing someone's car, or I'm trying to get hired by a, a corporation, aren't I working for myself? Aren't I trying to contract out my services for a fee, you know, to some extent? So when I started thinking, you know, so that reminds me a little bit of my own journey when, when I was getting out of the military, joined financial services, I thought I had a job. It took me many, many years to realize I was just a salesman. And then I said, okay, I don't feel comfortable being a salesman. So I told myself I didn't want to do that. And that was the wrong approach. I think anybody getting out of the military, the first thing they need to learn is sales because that's just, that's just communication. You're going to use it to sell yourself. Duh. How are you getting a job? You're selling yourself. So again, as I started thinking of myself as an individual business or just 
an individual income producing entity. At first, I thought, well, I could go to all these different conferences and events and learn all these new skill sets. And then you get uh, wowed by some other entrepreneur who's selling you their stuff. So you're hiring things, you're buying software. And it took me just many, many years to finally recognize that, one, I need to just do this myself. I need to learn all the skills, every skill that could possibly be useful to be a self-employed business owner. That's how to do websites. That's how to make videos. That's how to, you know, what kind of equipment do you need? I got to take courses on, oh, oh, I do got to learn sales. Well, that's really just communication and persuasion. Oh, they didn't teach us this at West Point, how to be a better communicator and persuasion. It, it's, it's odd. So I just recognize that and I call it a yes. talent stack. I'm just continuing to build various yeah. skills and, you know, they'll come up when they come up. And so what have you noticed in, because what you ended up doing is you uh, helping out a startup, like you said, and that is, you know, basically just kind of a wild environment. And even if it's a successful startup, I mean, there's startups like ours yeah. that are just, you know, kind of yeah. winging it, but, but then there's ones that are actual, they're, they're established businesses. They're called startups yeah. for a reason because they're not, there's a risk. There seems like there's more risk that's going to go away. But since you did do so many different uh, programs, and I've heard so many good things, Tuck School, people love that, say it's amazing. I'm sure the Stanford yeah. thing, that's a big name. It's <laughs> good for you. But are you noticing any particular little skills that you're having to develop and utilize quicker than you're getting by sitting in any sort of classroom environment, if that's how those are even done? I guess. think the thing that that I have gotten most out of all those programs is I've been tapped into all of those networks, right? Like the network, people, uh. people really say they're, everybody's like, oh, you got a network, you got a network. And I'm, I kind of hate that term. I, I like more of like building the relationship, like right with us. Like it's not, it's not a one-time deal. Like we mm. have built a relationship over the past two years. And it's the same thing with any of these things. Like the best thing I got out of the, the tuck next step is Dartmouth Entrepreneurship Network meetup here in LA. So everybody that went to Dartmouth in some fashion, oh, wow. I tapped into that network and I will use the same thing from the Stanford Ignite of like, I, I want to be part of all of these networks. And that's really what, you know, somebody made the cliche, I don't know who came up with this line, but like your network is your net worth. And I was like, I never, it was me. I made it up. No, just kidding. Yeah, I say I, it a lot. Like it's absolute. <laughs> like, and I, I didn't. I was like, well, what the hell does that really mean? Like, and now, like, I get it because you know, I look at a lot of people. Like, there's a lot of people here in LA that you know, whether they've been laid off at at Amazon, at Google, and at some of these places, and they're like, hey, man, like, can you help me find a job? Can you help me to do some of these things? And like, yeah. I have a sliding scale of networks. Like, it's not just one network I'm in. I can hop in and out of different networks, but that makes me, you know, at whatever job it is, it makes me more confident person that I know that I'm going to be all right, whether I can stand up for what I believe in. Cause it's like, if you tell me to kick rocks one day, then I'm going to go to my other network and I'm going to find another job there. And I think that's what people fear the most about the military and where, where you just become kind of a, a bobblehead or a yes man. And like they, that's the only network they know and they're going to, and that is just an anchor to them. So they're not they're not willing to fight for what they really believe in, or they're not willing to stand up for the right things because they're scared they're going to be shown the door in some form or fashion, meaning mm -hmm. shown the door of like, hey, I'm not going to promote or I'm not going to make my boss happy. When in reality, like it really just leads to an unhealthy relationship within the organization. Yeah. So really what I'm hearing is we can go to these groups and they're going to have lots of briefings and programs on how to do it. But it's what's what I always say 
everybody thinks just having a veteran label on you is some sort of hookup. And unfortunately, the majority of Americans think, and that can go uh, yeah. good in bad ways because a lot of times people have a have had a bad experience with a veteran, and so they're going to label label it that way. It's like we heard from uh, one of our friends who was working for a defense contractor and showed some displeasure with how they were being used in this organization. And the boss told him, it's like, you know what? We don't want to hire any more 05s and 06s because you guys always tell us what to do. It's like, well, that's what you hired us for because we were connected to the defense industry. And so now his skill of being networked, you know, in tight to the military community it just seems limited yep. in so many ways. The, his value, his appreciation, probably the amount he's getting paid probably wasn't proper. And so while, yeah, these groups are about military transition that you're networking to, you're, yep. it seems different. Yeah, you're, you're smartly, you know, these organizations are going to probably be tied in to all sorts of corporations that aren't military related and maybe even startups. How did you find this group that you're working with now? And tell us a little bit more about, about that whole setup. It was a crazy path. And I'm, I'm glad I'm, you know, again, it leads back to my cold outreach on LinkedIn. I reached out to an academy classmate <laughs> of mine who had gotten out of the Air Force from LA Air Force Base back in 2012. And he had started a cannabis company in Santa Monica. And so right. like he was in the startup tech space out here, had sold that, looking for his next thing. And really he does a lot of consulting on the time, like, CEO type roles and things like that to help other startups. And he kind of led me on to a partner at Techstars, a venture capital firm here in LA. I had a meeting with one of the partners on, on Zoom. He said, hey, send me your resume. They shot it out on Slack and two founders got back to me with interest in, in my background. And I literally started having coffee. I would drive down to LA and have coffee with this founder once a, a month or so. And we would stay in touch until it got to that point. But again, we built a relationship. It wasn't like, hey, here's my resume. Like, uh, you know, and my resume wasn't even perfect. And that's the funny thing, too, is like we spend so much time on these things that are ir- irrelevant. Like people, people are like, oh, man, I got to go to this resume prep class or I got to do this to get this perfect or I've got to write 20 different versions of that. No, man, screw that. Like just build a relationship with the people and go from there. Like I'm not like a resume is important in the right setting, but like it, it's, it's not everything. And I promise you, like I'll get a job and I won't even need a resume to do that. So it's important to have that in line and LinkedIn line. Perfect. But like, it's not, again, it's not everything. It's consistent, like salesmanship, consistent, like pressure, talking to people, keeping those relationships warm, you know, calling them every two to three months. And I still do a lot of that as well, too, is like keeping a lot of those relationships warm. It's yeah, key. you hit me up every once in a while and I'm like, hey, it's Gary. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, you, you talk about all these, all of these transitional courses, like Tuck Next Step, even Stanford and I, it's all going to be a fire hose of information, but I spend more time like on the soft skills and trying to figure out like, okay, where's the network valuable? Like, where can I have like this strategic advantage and, 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 build within their network of people. Like I'm already thinking, like I know, I know some people that do Stanford entrepreneurship in DC and they have networks out here and events out here. So there's already like figuring out how to work my way into those organizations to like add value. And at the end of the day, it's really add value and you got to be humble about it too. It's like, man, I'm not like, the problem is I see again at at, at my level, the 05 and 06 level, a lot of guys think they're experts at things. And, Mm -hmm. and that's the unfortunate thing about the military, I feel like from the leadership standpoint is there is a false sense of security that you know all these things. And because yeah. you have the rank on the shoulder, you do these things. So like you leave the organization and you're like, well, I'm owed this amount of money and I should have this job. And no, man, like no one, like 
just to your point, like, yeah, people care that you're a veteran, but like, if you want the job and the, and the big salary and the title at some point, like you're going to have to hustle. Like you could go back into the government and get a title and feel good about yourself and make a certain amount of money, but that's where it's going to plateau. But like, but if you really want it, you got to be humble and be willing to hustle and, and then do some of those things. And I work like nights. I drive to L.A. on my own time, my own dime to do these things and to potentially put myself in a good opportunity. But like surprisingly, most people are just not willing to do it. And that's that's what it comes down to. Like, that's the key. Like people are just not they like it. It sounds like a great idea. Like, oh, man, that's awesome. I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. And then they just don't do it. So. And, and that's why it works. That's what I always tell people is the reason yeah. why posting on LinkedIn or even doing direct outreach or doing some sort of podcast, writing a blog, book, it works because nobody else will do it. And so you'll you stand out easily just as someone who's willing to you know, think outside the box a little bit. And I really like how, you know, you stay in touch with people like every three months or so. I am curious to know, Gary, like, do you have a system for that? Or, yeah. or is it just like something that just, it's just top of mind for you to like think of people every day and reach out, especially if you haven't spoken to them in a while? Yeah. I mean, I, I should really start a process and a spreadsheet for that because that's kind of what I do at this job is, is that's how I'll reach out to people. But a lot of time I, I'll really just like scan through my LinkedIn messages mm. and see like, okay, who I haven't talked to in a while. And then I'll, I'll reach out to people via that or, you know, but, and there's a lot of people I meet that do a really good job of, of reaching back out to me. So it kind of, it kind of helps out there actually same way. Like, I mean, there's a guy that I talked to that has an executive recruiting company in San Francisco. Like we've never even met. We have a zoom call about every two months and I'm headed up there like next month. We're going to try to at least meet for the first time. But like, you know, once you get into a, a mutually beneficial relationship with with someone that's willing to stay in contact and have the meetings with you, like it's it's great. And then at some point, like you never know. And that's the thing, like you never know where it's going to go. It's not always about like every, everybody that goes through a lot of these transition courses. I, I watch them. I observe them a lot and they're all showing up with with an objective. They're all showing up with like and that's the problem I feel like a lot of times, like I see a lot of real estate agents do this is like, and they're doing it full time. And right now a lot of them are starving and it's like, they show up in the objective and it's too salesy and it's like too pushy. But a lot of guys going through the transition courses kind of the same way too, is like, there's an objective, like they just need a job. They're just, you know, trying to get to the end and figure out this whole process. And it's, you can see the, the desperation a little bit. Whereas like, I just have the benefit of setting back and just, looking at the big picture of things and being like, okay, well, where do I fit in this place or where do I fit in this role? And then try to build the best relationships I can with within that group or organization. And I think, um, yeah, well, it, yeah, it paid off. Yeah. I just wanted to share my thoughts on that. I really like this deliberate transition that you've done where it's, you're recognizing that there's no magic bullet. There's no magic pill. It's really a culmination of all your efforts, you know, like what you're doing online, the effort you do to drive up to LA to grab coffee with people on your own dime, all these little things that you do outside of, you know, the nine to five or outside while you're still serving to build your community, build your network, like however we call it. And like you said, I do like that phrase, like your network is your net worth. And clearly, you know, it's showing for you. And I also like how it, you weren't expecting one thing to fix it all like this 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 took years in the making you know you're talking about years yeah. of this 
transformation. And yeah. I think that's a good story to share is that this is not like a, you know, a quick fix. This is not like, like a sudden transformation. Like it really is a process. It's a journey. And even now, even now, like you are still on that journey. It's not like you quote unquote made it, you know, you are still pursuing that journey, which I think is life anyway. But the fact that you are so hands on and involved and and, and all that I think is, is amazing and, and is a good example to our listeners. Hey, this is your host, Jen Amos. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Visit holdingdownthefortpodcast.com to access the full show notes of this episode, including resources mentioned and bonus content. Once again, that's holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. Lastly, stay after this outro music for something a little extra. Thanks again and chat soon. Bye for now. Hey everyone, thank you for sticking around for the outro to hear about some bonus content here. If you have been following our show at this point from the very beginning, I want to say thank you. You could be listening to any other show, especially with better audio quality. <laughs> and if this is your first episode of the show, then I'm going to say great and also give you the heads up that this particular season, even with all the preparation and planning and all the things, and even with an amazing editor, shout out to Dennis, my audio quality has been different this season from past seasons. And at this point, I have learned to embrace it. It is what it is what it is. And it's my hope that people will look past my audio quality and more importantly, listen to the people who we are featuring on the show and what they have to say, because what they have to say is more important than my audio quality, if you ask me. And so anyway, that being said, you know, I'm just really excited to have you join me here. And because you're here, I might as well invite you to a free resource we have uh, sponsored by US Vet Wealth, which is actually our podcast portal. Our podcast portal at this point has so much content you can't even imagine. I'll give you a quick overview if this is the first time you're hearing me in the post commentary. So some of the first episodes we release, actually, some of the first pieces of content we release in the podcast portal is uh, podcasting basics for anyone that is just, you know, looking to get their feet wet or get an idea of what it would be like to start a podcast. Also, I provide a consultation to a past guest on this show because they had reached out to me asking, you know, what they can do to start a podcast if they should start a podcast. Additionally, I also talk about my journey of moving my current private office back home. So I'm actively on that journey. And probably by the time this episode comes out, I've already moved home. And I'll probably talk about that in an upcoming commentary as well. And then also, I decided to share a productivity hack for anyone that is looking to set short-term goals. And I think this is especially great for people who maybe live a very unpredictable lifestyle, as most of us in our military do, and are looking for a way to still be productive, even if you know your life is very unpredictable. So those are just some of the things that we have available. And the best part of it, too, is that once you access our portal, 
and you're like, okay, I want a more convenient way to digest this content. We also, also, also offer a private podcast to supplement the portal. And so if you're looking for on-the-go content, you'll find out exactly how to do that in the portal. So once again, go ahead and check out holdingdownthefortpodcast.com forward slash portal to create your free account today. And I look forward to seeing you there. And until then, I'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.